It is just a joy for us to be together and kicking off this uh, series that we're doing over our fast. And really it is, it's hunger for God, which is our theme for this year. 2023's theme is hunger for God. Uh, we're wanting to stir up and seek God. And uh, so I'm going to kind of kick us off this morning. We'll be, we'll be talking about this over the next three Sundays as we come to Powerhouse Conference. All right. So it's going to be a great time. I do want to say Big well done to everybody who's fasting. Give me a wave if you're fasting. Give me a wave. Okay, those in Melbourne, I see your hands by faith. I'm glad you're fasting. And I know, uh, although you might not feel like anything's changing yet, uh, and, and although you might feel like, uh, I don't know, the first few days, who thought you were going to die the first few days? Anybody? Anybody? I oh, know we did. We had jet lag and fasting combined. Uh, that, that was brutal, but we've come through and feel alive. But you, you might not feel yet like anything's changing. But I tell you, as you deny your flesh... And as you get your flesh submitted and bring your spirit alive, you're going to find yourself drawing nearer to God. You're going to find yourself, if you prioritize time with God, you're going to find yourself hearing His voice clearer. The Word's going to come alive to you clearer, but the Bible's going to jump out at you. You're going to be, uh, you know, let's face it, when you're fasting and you don't have the joy of food, the joy of God's presence goes to a whole other level, right? So you want to be praying, because we're praying, we've got prayer meetings uh, through the the week, different times here on the coast, different times in Melbourne, and you want to be in God's presence. So well done. Give, give yourselves some uh, clap right now because you're seeking God. So uh, band, you can grab your seat. You've, you've done great. Give, give them a, a clap as well. And all of the dream team who are helping make our Sunday services work. I want to read this out to you. I wrote this in February as we kicked off this year uh, with this theme of hunger for God. And it's just something I wrote and I posted and I've read a couple of times, but I want to I bring us back to it. And it said this, uh, I've been feeling a stirring to lead our church into a new season of prayer for a while. One of the impacts of COVID for our church and many others was an overall dilution of spiritual passion. Too much pivoting, not enough praying. So this year, both C3 Power, Sunny Coast and Melbourne East, we're stirring the fires of prayer afresh. Not primarily prayer with our lists and our needs, this definitely has a place, but prayer for personal revival and church-wide revival. We want to see the wellspring of living water bubbling up within every member of our church to be filled with the Holy Spirit afresh, to fall in love with Jesus and to worship with passion all over again for the fire of God to burn strong in every believer. I believe that the effects of personal revival flows into every aspect of church life. And I, I notice our Sunday services this year already feel different as a result of this prayer focus. For me, revival means these things. An increased hunger for God in Christians. A greater dimension of the tangible presence of God in our meetings, where he says, I will pour out my spirit. Increased holiness in believers, a consecration. Visions and dreams and a greater level of hearing the whisper of God. An increased passion for the lost and boldness. A greater level of the miraculous 
and a harvest of souls. This, for me, is what revival is all about. And I'm wary of weird for weird's sake. And I'm cautious about a me-centered Christianity where having personal spiritual experiences is the ultimate pursuit of my faith. The Great Commission is for us to make disciples. But I don't want to settle for a form of godliness without power. Religion, good morals, and well-organized meetings without Pentecost fire is not for me. I want to be in the middle of a move of God. Revive us, Lord. Pour out your Spirit on our church. And everybody who agreed said, Amen. Lord, revive us. Lord, send revival. And I, I love that God in this country, uh, across this country and across the world, the, the stirrings and the, the wellspring of revival is springing up. These things I'm talking about are, are springing up. Doesn't always look uh, the same from one church to the next, but I believe God has called our church to be a, a, a fire starter, a church that catches the fire of God and spreads the fire of God. I don't believe particularly that we're in, we're in it yet. I believe we're heading towards it. That's why we're fasting. That's why we're praying. We're believing that God will do something supernatural. Uh, while I was on, on a break, and for those of you in Melbourne, we've just had a few weeks off, uh, I received a, a, a message from Trent Membry, uh, who's a, a much-loved minister who preaches in our church, who, who carries the power of God, a supernatural passion, got one of the most hectic testimonies that you could have of coming off drugs and ice and dealing, and now as radical as he was uh, for drugs and chaos, he's that radical for God and for, for good and not for evil, not for chaos get smart. And so he messaged me because he prays for our church and, he, and God had put us on his heart and he messaged me a number of different things. But in the middle of it, he said this, uh, this is what God had told him for our church, the right people and foundation and hunger that you have built for the miraculous and next generation leaders has been built in your church, meaning God trusts what's there now and he's about to pour out his spirit on another level. The tide is rising, I hear him say. I saw an angel, this is, this is hectic, I saw an angel leave your church and go back to the Lord and give a good report and say it is ready. That's cool. I like that. I like these little confirmations that God gives along the way while we're stirring ourselves up for Him and we're hungry for Him and what He wants to do in our lives. And this morning, I want to talk to us about the presence of God. The presence of God. Now, the presence of God might mean different things for different people, but the, the presence of God, God, God is omnipresent. That, that means God is everywhere. He's omnipotent. He's all-knowing. He's, all, he's omnipowerful. He's all-powerful. And He's omnipresent. That means God's everywhere. Okay, so, so when I talk about the presence of God, I'm not talking about the omnipresence of God. And when you become a Christian, when you become a believer, God by His Holy Spirit comes and lives in us and He dwells in our heart, the Bible says. And God, uh, the Spirit and the Father and Son make habitation in our hearts. So that presence of God, once you become a Christian, He lives inside of you continuously. So it's not like He's like, oh, will I hang out in your heart today or not? He's like there. He's always, once you become, once you give your life to Christ, you have the indwelling of God with you. And if you're here this morning, you're watching online, you're part of our Melbourne location, you're here on the sunny coast, and you've never invited God into your life, and He doesn't dwell in your heart, because when He does, you know. You can sense that 
peace and joy and love that comes with the presence of God when you become a Christian. If you've never done that, great news. Today's the day. Today's the day to get right with God, to receive Jesus, and for Him to dwell in your heart so that you can have His presence continuously. But I'm not talking about that kind of presence. I'm not talking about the omnipresence of God. He's everywhere. I'm not talking about the dwelling presence of God on the inside of you, where you you may feel Him or you may not in that sense, but you know by faith that He dwells in your heart. I'm talking about the manifest presence of God, the manifest presence of God. When when God's presence manifests uh, Himself and there's this sense that you cross over from being just aware of the natural things around you to a greater dimension of God's presence, and there's a tangibility about the presence of God. Now, you know, I've heard people come to church and, and touch and experience because the, the greatest times that you're going to experience the presence of God in the majority of times is in a corporate together atmosphere. When we're together, when we're in agreement, when we're pursuing God together, the greatest times and the most frequent times that the majority of us will experience God's tangible presence is when we're in, pres- in worship together, when we're in prayer together, when we're in unity and agreement together. And I've heard people come to church uh, without a Christian background, as many people come into our church, and they talk about the vibe. Oh, there's a good vibe in here. Good vibes, bro. There's, there's, a, there's, there's something that, or I don't know if someone's ever told you you've got a good aura. Come on, who's been told you've got a good aura? Okay, it's a bit of a new age thing, okay. But, but really what people are sensing is the manifest presence of God. And when you encounter the manifest presence of God, then what happens is you have a sense of His love. When God, because the manifest presence of God, it's not, just a, uh, it's not just a feeling. It is the Spirit of God becoming more evident and more obvious. And so the, the manifest presence of God, it'll, it'll cause us to weep. because some, And we don't know why, but something's touching our heart. God begins to pour His love into us. That, so when the manifest presence of God comes, you, you can sense something's touching your heart. You feel loved. It's inexplainable, but that's the presence of God. When the manifest presence of God comes, you get, there's a peace that gets on you, just a, a supernatural peace. Now, you might not be a particularly, let's, let's call it spiritually tuned person who feels God a lot, okay? And that doesn't matter. So one person is, you know, they've got quivers in their liver and goosebumps on their goosebumps, all right? I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. And you're there going, I don't know what's going on here. Don't, don't worry about Don't feel guilty about that because what happens when the presence of God is with us, you will go away feeling more peaceful. You might not feel something tangibly, but a peace will be produced in your heart because you're in the presence of God. Another great thing, the three great markers of the presence of God is the love of God, the peace of God, and the joy of God, a joy that bubbles up from within. Now, earlier this year, I listened to a message that was a bit of a game changer for me in the way that I engage with God in my prayer life. I love, I love prayer. 
I believe prayer is the journey of a lifetime for every Christian. There are so many different ways to connect and experience God. And so to, to, uh, to try different ways of praying and communicating and connecting with God uh, over your Christian life and go deeper and deeper into His presence is one of the most amazing privileges that you and I have as Christians, to touch and experience God. It's magnificent. And so, you know, I've shared and talked about all sorts of different ways of, of, of praying and connecting with God. Uh, and so this year, I, I heard someone talk about waiting on God and waiting and worshiping. Now, I've, I've been a person who loves to wait on God. Uh, and I love, particularly if I'm going to minister and I want to minister in healing or I want to minister in the power of God, I know the Bible talks about wait and you'll receive power. So I'm accustomed to spending time waiting on God and feeling the power of God come on my life. I'm accustomed to that. But this person was talking about a daily habit of waiting on God and, and just putting on some worship music that, that moved you spiritually that, and, and just sitting with God and soaking in His presence. Now, I'm kind of, when it comes to prayer, I'm more of an extrovert than an introvert in terms of with God. I like to talk. I like to pray in tongues. I like to, I like to express myself, all right? I, I'm like, and often because my mind's quite active, if I don't, I find my mind wanders off. So it's kind of like talking and praying and worshiping and doing things for me helps my mind to stay activated. But I thought, I'm going to give this a go. I'm going to make it a daily practice. So I already get up early to seek God, but I thought, I'm just going to get up a bit earlier and I'm going to create a little Spotify playlist of worship songs that move me. Worship songs that make me want to just sit with Jesus and enjoy His presence. And so I began to do this, and, I, and, and look, okay, I went old school, all right, I, I, I was born in the 70s, anyone born in the 70s here, give me a wave, all the child, thank you so much, all right, anyone remember Christian music from the 70s, come on, there's some older Melbourne, anyone there, you come on, all right, so I'm, I'm, I've got, I exalt thee, come on somebody, now that's made a comeback, that's made a comeback, and it gets replayed every now and then. Uh, and and I've, so I've got things like that. I've got I see the Lord that we do sometimes. I've got, I've got hallelujah choruses. Uh, I've got some newer songs as well. But I've got this list that lasts over an hour if I want to, to wait on God. And I've got to tell you a couple of things. One, the Lord reminded me about Mary and Martha, the Mary and Martha story. Okay, Mary and Martha story is a moment where Jesus comes with his disciples to his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house. Uh, and Martha has a whole lot of, you know, teenage and early 20 guys turn up, and so she does what you would think would be natural. She went to the kitchen to start preparing to host them all, and Mary sits at Jesus' feet. And if I'm honest, I always feel like Martha's got the, 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 the dud deal. Like she's flipping doing all the hard work. And, you know, it's like the, the A-team sometimes. You know, you're putting out the chairs, and everyone else is just talking. You're like... Get over here and put some flipping chairs out, would you? What's going on, right? Yeah, you know, like, and they're like, oh, don't, don't be a Martha, be a Mary. You're like, oh, I'll give you Martha. I can hear you just saying it right now, right? Okay, anyway, shout out to all the A-team who do such a great job. Opening up church, closing church, putting things away, setting up for us to meet with God. You guys are amazing. So if I'm honest, I'm like, oh, 
Martha's, she's, she's been a hospitable person. And she's serving. And she's doing all this stuff. And Jesus actually says, Martha, Martha, why are you distracted with all the stuff? Mary, he actually says, Mary, uh, there's only one thing worth being concerned about. This is Luke chapter 10. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And I think it's only in the last six months where that scripture has really come alive to me. Because, even, because you can be distracted with your prayer. You can be distracted with your list. You can be distracted with all the things that you've got to, you know, I've got my list. I've got to pray for my connect group and pray for my soul friends and pray for my leaders. and pray. Got, I've got a whole list to pray through, and it's, it's good. But I felt a lot like the Lord, and, and so one part of me is like, okay, Mary got it. I'm going to have now, I'm not, I'm not calling my time Mary time, because that would feel a little weird to me <laughs> as a guy. You can call it Mary time if you want. But I'm Gary time. Thank you so much. Just doesn't quite have it for me. But if you're an, we've got some Garys, that'll probably work for you. But for me, but this, okay, so this is what I found. I would wait on God. I actually felt like I was cheating for a little while, if I'm honest. I felt like this is just so easy to sit and to worship, sing along or not, just to be, be silent. Sometimes kneel, sometimes sit, sometimes stand. I felt like I'm cheating. And, and then I'd find myself looking forward to getting up early in the morning because I wasn't having to step into praying strong, but just to sitting with Jesus. And, and it's, it was, it's been, you know, this is months for me now. It's been magnificent. Now, one of the things that I found, this is the, this is the bonus that I found in waiting on worshiping God. And so I, I've sort of, what I try and do now is, is a, a third of my prayer time is waiting and worshiping, just waiting, worshiping in between, sometimes just sitting, waiting, sometimes worshiping, praying in tongues, which I believe is really super powerful, and then praying specifically the fourth dimension type prayer where I'm declaring and speaking things over my life as we learned earlier this year. And I'm, I'm prophesying because, you know, I've said this in a prayer meeting, uh, waiting and worshiping on God feels like I'm getting a massage from God. It's awesome. But you don't get fit just by having massages. I mean, I know somebody who needs to hear that today. You don't get fit, but it's good for you. To, re to relax and unplug and get the knots taken out of your muscles. And so I feel like, so as, this, is, this, is the, this is what's happened for me. As I've come out of that, I've found I'm living way above circumstances. And I've, I've just found this joy that, that I'm not necessarily feeling while I'm praying, but it's bubbling up throughout the day. It's like I've spent time with God and I can feel it. So the good thing about that joy is I find myself singing and worshiping more. I find myself when, when something comes along that would potentially disrail me with my focus or mentally or just get me riled up or triggered or anxious, something comes along like that, I'm way more likely just to let it go because I've got this joy bubbling up on the inside. And where's the joy come from? The presence of God. The presence of God. So that, that, that may well be just something to help somebody today. Now you might want to, at night, just particularly while you're fasting, not all prayer is front-footed taking the world. Waiting on God is really important. 
And so while you're waiting and worshiping, maybe it's at night for you. Maybe it's just less device time, less TV time, more waiting on God. But you'll find that the manifest presence of God will come. It might take 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but a sense of God's love, peace, and joy will come when you prioritize Him. I love this. The Bible, uh, David talks a lot about the presence of God. Psalm 16, verse 11, he says, You will show me the path of life, and in your presence is fullness of joy. Everybody say fullness of joy. Everybody say, I want the fullness of joy. Where's the fullness of joy then? In his presence. It's not on holidays. I went to Europe, it wasn't there. I mean, I had a great time and all. But his presence is when we seek him, when we prioritize him, and that's where the fullness of joy is in the presence. We are a presence of God church. Church, we love the presence of God. It's a marker. It's something that we're hungry and we're passionate about. So how do we do that? Here's another thing. When you get the presence of God, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be awesome. Sometimes the presence of God is just the refuge. It's, it's, uh, David said, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. That means things are going bad. That means I'm under attack. That means it's hard going mentally, physically, emotionally. And, and so what I need in that moment is to draw aside and to get into the presence of God. And he becomes a refuge. He becomes a protection. He helps you. He's a present help in times of grief, in times of sadness, in times of difficulty, in times of attack. He's a present help. That's why the presence of God is a priority. And the thing I want to share with you this morning is there is a price for His presence. The presence of God, we've got to be careful not to be flippant with it. There's a price for God's presence. It's a, there's a cost. Now, Jesus has paid the ultimate price to make us right with God, all right? He's paid the ultimate price. But for you and I to enter into His presence, if you want to experience, I, I pray that our hunger for God would mean that we're, we're people who want to experience His presence every day, as often as we can, to live under the shadow of His presence, to, that we would be marked by the presence of God. And when you want, to, when you want that, there's a price for it. It means less of certain stuff that, that your flesh likes and more of God. And here's the thing, your flesh, your, your human flesh, which, you know, likes food, and you're denying it at the moment if you're fasting, and, and likes pleasure and likes enjoyment, it doesn't like praying and it doesn't like coming into the presence of God. It resists it. So when it comes to coming into the presence of God, the first thing, and I feel like this is the only thing I'm going to get a chance to talk about because I'm talking too much, is the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise is the entrance point into the presence of God. The, the, the Bible uh, gives the illustration, the tabernacle in the Old Testament and then the temple is a pattern for how you and I are des designed. So in the Old Testament, if you were going to come and meet with God, you would walk through the gates into the outer court. You'd go through the outer court. There'd be sacrifices made. Then you'd go into the, the holy place, in the inner court, the holy place. And then eventually the presence, the manifest presence of God was in the holy of holies. 
And it was out of there that people would be touched. And so this gives you and I a picture of what it is to come into the manifest presence of God. That, that presence where you're like, oh. When, when you get to the manifest presence of God, you get out of time and into eternity. Time just seems to stand still. And you're praying and you're worshiping and you're like, oh, that, that meeting went for three hours. You're like, it just felt like it was normal. Why? Because we touched the manifest presence of God. Don't get nervous now. That's not what I'm talking about for now. There's some of you are like, whoa, hang on a minute. It feels like it's been going an hour and 15 minutes. Exactly. That's all right. But when you get in the manifest presence of God, time stands still. And so the Bible gives us the key. How do, we, how do we come into the presence of God? Psalm 118, 19 and 20 says this, Open for me the gates where the righteous enter, and I will go in and thank the Lord. These gates lead to the presence of the Lord and the godly enter there. So open for me the gates, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk into God's presence. This is not walk into church. This is any time you decide you want to have time with God in your quiet time, in your car, when we come to the house of God, you make a decision. All right, I'm going through the gates. The Bible says, enter his gates with? Melbourne, enter his gates with? Thanksgiving, I hear you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with? Praise. So there is a, there is a way to come into the presence of God. And it's thankful. It's by being thankful. And it's by making a decision to give God praise. Now let me give just let me help everybody who feels like you're the only carnal Christian in the room. All right. You feel like, man, everybody else is loving fasting and they're loving praying and they're amazing. And I feel like just a sloth who come on, who, who knows what I'm talking about? All right. When you when you come into the outer court, so when you begin to seek God, you don't feel like seeking God. That's that's the reality. It's not it's not a feeling. When you, begin, when you make the decision, some of you at 10.01 in Melbourne or 9.01 here in the sunny coast, when we began church, the first five minutes, you were distracted, you were tired, you were feeling physically overwhelmed, you're like, how long does this go for? Can I get out of here? Come on, don't put your hand up now. Or, so here's the, this is what happens when you come in to, and begin to seek the presence of God. Uh, you make a decision, I'm going to spend half an hour seeking God. The first phase will go something like this. I don't even think God's hearing me. Oh, all these thoughts will bombard you. Does he ever hear me? What about that prayer he didn't answer? Guilt, guilt, how well you did this and you did that and I feel guilty and oh man, oh, all those things I need to do. Oh, quick, I'll oh, quickly come on my phone. I need to text that. Oh, you're just distraction, guilt, uh, uh, overwhelmness, tiredness, physical stuff. All of these things, they, that is natural, normal, what happens in the outer courts as you make the step to begin to move towards the presence of God. All right. So how do I get out of the outer courts feeling all those feelings? Come on, who wants to know? into the next level where I'm beginning to praise and actually enjoy it. Uh, I might not yet be in the presence of God. How do, how do I get from there? It's called the sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice of praise. I'm sure some of you might look at me or you might look at Ebony there at church on a Sunday morning and go, wow, always got their hands raised. 
It must be good to just, just not have any problems and love praising God. It must be good that, that you just feel like, wow, what a privilege it is for you pastors just to be able to soar on a spiritual high. <laughs> it's a decision. And it's a sacrifice. The way that you would, anyone could come into the outer courts of the temple, but to get into the next level required a sacrifice. And it was the worshipers who would bring a sacrifice to God, and it was the sacrifice. There is a price for the presence of God. It was the sacrifice that allowed them to pass through. Now, Jesus has made the ultimate sacrifice. Okay, so we don't have to go and we don't have to bring uh, bulls or goats or sheep or anything like that. We come thankful for the blood of Jesus. That's the gate. Thankful for what he's done for us. But then there comes some things. And this is, what are the sacrifices then? I love this. The Bible's quite clear. There's a, there's a, whole, there's a whole list of things. Psalm, I'm going to read a few. Psalm 100, 1 and 2. Shout with joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go to his courts with praise. Okay, so we've got shout. We've got sing. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise. We've got praise. Psalm, 100, uh, Psalm 47. Come, everyone, clap your hands. Shout to God with, oh, very obedient. Shout to God with joyful praise. For the Lord most high is awesome. He's the great king of all the earth. Psalm 95 verse 6, come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker. So there's, there's these sacrificial steps when you come into the presence of God that aren't because you're like, oh man, I just feel like lifting my hands. It's like, no, God, you say, let, let men everywhere lift up holy hands in prayer without wrath or damp, without dandy. So I'm lifting my hands as a sacrifice. I, this, I, this is the zone I'm in, and I'm lifting my hands to give you glory. I, this, I'm taking dominion over my flesh because I want to encounter God in my spirit. And so I lift my hands, and I, I kneel. 50-year-old knees, they can still do it. I kneel. I've never been particularly a big kneeler. I've often in my mind thought, oh, God sees that I'm bowing down. But in the last 12 months or so, I've been challenged that external things are indications of internal realities. That's what we tell people when you get baptized. It's, a, it's an external uh, expression of an internal reality. And so lifting my hands is an external uh, decision that I make, saying, God, I'm coming to lift you up. Clapping my hands is not because I want to be a drummer when I grow up. Come on, clapping. I, I did used to play the saucepan and the ice cream buckets when I was a kid. But, but clapping my hands is not, it's, it's, it's purely a sacrifice of obedience to give praise to God. I'm, I'm giving praise to you because I feel like it. Sometimes I do. But more often than not, and even in my own quiet time, God, I'm coming. I'm praising you. God, I'm, I'm, I'm making the decision. My, I want to go back to bed, but my flesh wants to go back to bed. But I'm lifting my hands. I'm clapping my hands. I'm singing. I'm, I'm shouting to you, oh God. Now, okay, this, I want to help some people here today. Because I hear this every now and then. Oh, like that's, that's for the extroverts. 
Okay, so waiting on God quietly is a discipline for some people because quiet is not your norm. But it's good. Just as waiting on God quietly is good for you when it's not your natural personality, shouting, singing, clapping, praising, kneeling, external things are also equally as good whether you're introverted. Now, ironically, I've heard some people talk about, oh, I don't clap and shout, but then I've seen them at the football. <laughs> or just in front of the TV of the football, just quietly. And then suddenly, oh, I thought you were one of the quiet ones, hey? No. So if there's a price, and I'm just, we're just starting with the physical realities. There's something happens. It's like I'm getting on the altar, God, because you deserve my praise. I'm, I'm hungry for you. I want your presence. I want the manifest presence. And God, even though that desire might be deeply buried under a whole lot of other stuff, I'm choosing to go there today. I'm choosing to lift my hands. I'm choosing to clap my hands. I'm choosing to shout for joy. I love it when we worship, and I'm over time, but that's okay. I love it when we begin to worship and I can hear little squeals of joy coming from around the room. Or people just going, come on. Let's praise him. That's someone giving it. You don't have to, the meeting leader doesn't have to say, everybody, come on, give a shout of praise to God, although we will do that. But for you to give a shout every now and then, it's like, come on. It's as much about you to you. David says in the Psalms, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. His spirit, it's like, what, is he talking to himself now? Yeah, he is. His spirit is telling him. You're created to worship. You're created for the manifest presence of God. Melbourne, you're created to meet with God. And so he says, come on, soul. I mean, you would laugh if you saw me in my quiet time. Sometimes I remember people talking about Smith Wigglesworth who would dance in, as a jig early in the morning to get his body going. So sometimes my prayer times looks like, come on. I don't feel like it. I'm just, I'm just trying to warm up. I'm trying to not go back to sleep. Why? Because I want my body. So the first way, if you're going to come into the manifest presence of God, it needs to be physical, soul, which is heart, mind, and will, and then spirit. Then you're in the manifest presence of God. But it starts with a physical price, a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. Can we stand to our feet? Melbourne, let's stand to our feet right now. We're hungry for God, and we know there's a price to pay. And it's not just for the extroverts, the enthusiasts, or the super spiros. Come on, who's sitting beside a super Spiro today? <laughs> it's actually a compliment. Come on, someone who's on fire for God. Who's sitting beside someone on fire for God today? All right, that was better. Let's just lift our hands together right now. Every hand, front to the back, left to the right. In Melbourne as well with me right now. Father, we want to be people of the presence of God. We want to be people who constantly meet with you. The Holy Spirit, that you're welcome in our midst. You're welcome when we gather. You're welcome when we rise early to pray. You're welcome when we draw aside from our day to seek you. You're welcome, oh God. And so we determine to be those who will pay the price. We're fasting, God, but we'll pay the price.
because we love you and we love your presence and we love to meet with you. Come Holy Spirit, anoint us. Let this church be a place where your manifest presence dwells, where people come and drink from you because we've created a place, we've dug a well of the presence of God that touches every person who walks through these doors and through the doors in 100 New Street. We ask it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise. See you, Powerhouse Melbourne East. I'm going to hand you back to Steve Marks. God bless you. Have a wonderful morning.